Joe, I'll let you, Joe is a partner at Barrick McNagney and he concentrates in areas of labor and employment matters and including insurance and everything. So we're just very appreciative of his time. So with nothing, not to waste any more time, I'll let Joe step on in. Yeah, well, thank you, Jamie. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak with everybody. Um, I know we kind of pulled this together very quickly, um, but uh, as you guys all know, one of the reasons why it has to be done so quickly is everything has been changing very, very quickly, um, not just week to week or day to day, but uh, literally hour to hour. Um, what I thought I would do is briefly um, talk about the, the uh, most recent uh, law that was signed uh, by President Trump on Wednesday night about 8 o'clock, um, and then uh, that uh, amended the uh, Family Medical Leave Act, as well as provided for paid sick leave. Um, I'll talk, walk, or walk everyone through that fairly quickly. And then uh, I have already received probably about 20-some questions. Um, so I'll try to get through some of those. And uh, if you have other questions, I'll try to get through them as well. But I know we are kind of limited on time. Um, but um, um, essentially, the act that was passed or signed, signed into law on Thursday night uh, was what they call the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. How I told you. The first part of, is really there's four parts to the act. The first part is in regards to the family medical leave. Um, many of you may have less than 50 employees and think, well, I don't have to worry about it. Unfortunately, the way the act was written, the amendment will, uh, the amendment applies to all employers with less than 500 employees. Uh, so that would be everybody on this, on this webcast. Um, would uh, they would apply and what that uh, additional leave is is 12 weeks of leave to care for a for an employee to go and stay home and care for a child uh, that uh, is uh, where their school has been canceled uh, or their daycare has is unavailable uh, that employee would only have to be employed for 30 days to qualify Okay, so this is an additional way for someone to get FMLA leave that applies to all employees that have less than 500 employees. So that, again, that'd be everybody on this webcast. In those situations, if you have an employee who has a child under the age of 18 who is staying home from school because the school is closed for COVID-19, which everyone here in Allen County, that is the case. I mean, in fact, everyone in the state of Indiana, that's gonna be the case until May 1st. Um, those employees will be eligible for up to 12 weeks of leave. Uh, that, of that 12 weeks of leave, the first 10 days is unpaid. Um, after the first 10 days, the remaining 10 weeks, if you will, are paid. Uh, the employees would be paid two-thirds of their salary or of their wages. That payment would be coming from you as the employer. Um, in addition, that however, that two-thirds wages is capped at $200 a day. So at the end of the, so to summarize, if I were to have to stay home to take care of my kids who are under the age of 18 at, because their school is closed, my employer would need to pay me $200 a day um, at, uh, um, to, for the 10 weeks of the, weeks three through 12 of FMLA. Um, or until the schools are back in session before that time. That's if I do not have daycare or any other way to take care of them, okay? That's the, the thumbnail sketch of the FMLA portion of uh, the amendment. Importantly, at no time did the amendment, 
that was signed, um, there had been prior proposals as recently as last uh, this more uh, earlier this week. Um, but if your employee is sick, if your child, if the child is sick or the spouse is sick, this amendment does not apply to any of those. Those folks would fall under the original FMLA that if you have less than 50 employees, you don't have to worry about it. The other aspect of the amendment was in regards to paid sick leave. And what the government has done is they have provided every employee, no matter how long they have worked, uh, they are eligible immediately, 80 hours of paid sick leave uh, to use for uh, several reasons, including uh, if they uh, have been advised to quarantine, um, uh, if they, by a health official, uh, by a medical provider, if an individual that they're caring for has been quarantined by a health official or by a medical provider, um, if their children are home from school uh, because of their school being canceled because of COVID-19 or as a result of um, no daycare. Uh, all those individuals would be eligible for 40 or 80 hours of paid sick leave. That paid sick leave, if it's for the, in, the individual themselves, meaning that I am sick and I have a symptoms of COVID-19 and I need to go see the doctor or I have already been diagnosed and I'm quarantined, um, I will be paid uh, 100% of my wages capped at $511 per day. Uh, which would be a total aggregate of $5,110 total for the 80 hours. If I'm using the uh, paid sick leave because my child is home from school because school's canceled, or I'm using it because my spouse or, my, or another individual that I'm caring for is sick with COVID-19 or their symptoms, then I only get paid two-thirds of the wages, uh, capped again at that $200 figure that we talked about with the FMLA. Um, that would equate to uh, $2,000 in the aggregate for the paid sick leave. Um, importantly, that 80, the 80 hours of paid sick leave, um, if I'm going to use FMLA to care for uh, my children that are home from school and I don't have daycare uh, and no other way to care for them, for that first two weeks that I talked about that was unpaid, um, the employee is allowed, if they want, to use the 80 hours of the paid sick leave that they were just granted uh, for the first uh, 10 days of FMLA leave for that sole purpose of caring for the kids that are home from school, okay? Um, or I, they could not use it, uh, take uh, their two weeks unpaid of FMLA, take the additional 10 weeks of FMLA to care for their children that are home from school, and then actually still have the 80 hours of paid sick leave um, which would be technically weeks 13 and 14 um, if they decide to do it that way. Um, that's the second part of the act that was signed into law on uh, Wednesday night. Um, the third part is that there are tax credits that the employer would be entitled to that will, they would get at the end of the year to help offset the cost of the wages that the employer will be paying um, that are capped at $200 under the FMLA, uh, $200 under the paid sick leave, or the $511 under the paid sick leave. You would get tax credits to reimburse uh, for those expenses. Um, the fourth aspect of the um, statute is in regards to uh, additional monies uh, in, uh, that the federal government is sending to the states 
to assist the state's uh, Department of Workforce Development, which is what handles the unemployment insurance claims, to handle those claims because there's going to be and already has been a huge uptick, a surge in claims being filed already to help them run those more efficiently and to increase the amount of benefits that will be able to be paid to all the different uh, individuals who are being laid off or terminated as a result of COVID-19. Um, that is a brief, about five, 10 minute uh, 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 pitch on as to what the law is now or what it is going to be. Like I said, it was signed on Wednesday night. It will, have, it will take effect no later than April 2nd, 2020. Um, unfortunately, nobody in the state of Indiana or across the country at this point knows exactly when it will take effect. The way it was written is it has to take effect within 15 days of enactment. Well, it was enacted on Wednesday night. Unfortunately, President Trump or anybody in the, in the administration has indicated to anybody when this will start between today and uh, April 2nd. So um, we are using this next, you know, these days to get everything in order and make sure everybody understands what's going on. I know many companies are, take, are just going ahead and starting the process now in regards to these types of leave. Um, but unfortunately, no one has provided any guidance in regards to the actual effective date, although it's not going to be any later than April 2nd, 2020. Um, with that, um, I, I know I have all the, I got numerous questions. Many, some of the questions were dealing with the HR 6201, which is the act I just talked about. Um, the other half of questions were in regards to unemployment uh, claims, um, unemployment uh, insurance, and how do we go about doing that? Um, let me touch on some of those real quickly. And then we can open it up for more general questions uh, that maybe Jamie or someone can help uh, uh, push my way uh, as they come. Um, the first one is, uh, and maybe we can be more generic, can and should an employee general dentist who is paid commission only and not salaried, not, that is not planning to work, see emergency patients during uh, the, this time to apply for unemployment through the Indiana Department of Workforce Development? Short answer is yes. In fact, all of your employees, um, I'll try to answer several of these questions at once. If they are an employee um, and they have either been laid off uh, or they've had a significant reduction in hours through no fault of their own, meaning they normally would work 40 hours a week and now they're working 10 hours a week or they're not working at all, those individuals can and should file for unemployment. Um, it usually takes uh, about two to three weeks to get benefits through the uh, unemployment office, as long as no one's going to dispute it, which I don't think anybody would in this situation, and everybody files the paperwork as quickly as possible. Um, so uh, with the ups, the surge in claims, and just to let you know, when I say surge in claims, um, this time last year, I think there was about 1,200 claims filed. Uh, in the last, this week, there has been over 20,000 claims filed. Uh, so as you can imagine, they are gonna be a little bit behind, so maybe benefits start in 30 days, as opposed to two to three weeks. Uh, the benefits that an employee would receive is a fairly complicated formula, but it's typically about two thirds of their pay. So if you have uh, an employee, whether it's a, a, an employed dentist or an employed uh, you know, uh, hygienist, um, that's hourly. Um, if they were hypothetically going to get, um, you know, uh, they usually get paid $1,000. They technically, and that's just a, an example, a week. 
uh, they get paid two thirds of that if they were no longer working at all. If they are filing unemployment because of a significant decrease in hours, um, they, like I said, they would still be allowed to file for unemployment under these circumstances. I believe that they would still be granted unemployment, um, but since they are still making some wages, the wages that they are still earning would be deducted from their benefit for unemployment and they would get the difference. So if they were to receive $500 of unemployment, if they were not working at all, and they're working a very small amount, so they're bringing in $250 a week, then obviously they would get that $250 would be deducted from the $500 that they normally would have received, and they would receive only $250 total. But that does help, uh, it's better than not receiving uh, any unemployment, it could help offset the lost employment. Um, so if you could continue on, I think I've answered